is the city that started it all. It's a beautiful day. What a priceless goal that could prove to be. He's going to unleash one. Oh! Sheffield Wednesday celebrate. Billy Sharp, you do not leave that man unmarked in the box. Sheffield United have the lead. the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum. A very good evening to you. Welcome along to Wednesday night's Football Forum here on Captivate, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music as well. It's the 3rd of February and uh, thanks for joining us. Joseph Hadfield here to guide you through the latest action. Josh Chapman and Connor Thorpe providing the analysis as always. Evening, fellas. Good evening. Evening. It's the show where we discuss the Blades and the Owls and there's all the big talking points from across British football as well. Now, after a few months away, it's the return of our midweek reviews as we split the hour into two bite-sized chunks of Steel City Focus. Uh, And this show is dedicated to the blue half of Sheffield as we look back at last night's action in the Sheffield Wednesday midweek review. So, coming up. All roads lead to three points. Jordan with an 89th-minute winner to put the cherries on the top of the Owls' cake doing the double over the South Coast side, thanks to a 2-1 victory at the Vitality. We'll also look ahead to the weekend's action, as Wednesday have a long trip south to the Lions' den of Millwall. As another round of unpredictable, it's been a while, but we've only got to get the crystal ball out for half a dozen games this time. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Shoe Football Forum. We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. And it's live. So thanks for joining us for this Sheffield Wednesday midweek review. We're going to get straight into it, obviously. Half an hour dedicated to the Owls. And uh, we're going to start with last night's action down at the Vitality because Wednesday were on a roll, weren't they? After that victory at the weekend over Preston. And they were looking to do a, the double over an AFC Bournemouth side for the first time in their entire history. Now, fair enough, obviously, Bournemouth uh, have had to be reborn in Wednesday's history, but nevertheless, it was the first time that Wednesday could have done a double. And uh, Mike McCarthy had you covered on that. Season's oh, it's a poor ball. Patterson in the box, trying to fill it underneath Begovic. And it's an absolute howler from the Bournemouth defence. And Callum Patterson has taken full advantage. They were trying to play out from the back. They didn't spot Patterson. And he has had a free hit at goal. And he's made it count before the break. Six for the season for Patterson. It's Bournemouth nil, Sheffield Wednesday one. And Stanislas will step up right-footed, strike it, and well past the goalkeeper to his right. And Bournemouth have their equaliser from almost nothing. The ball over the top not dealt with, the challenge was silly, the penalty was expertly dispatched and it's Bournemouth 1, Sheffield Wednesday 1. Harris, early ball into the box, Rhodes is there and Rhodes has got the goal in the 89th minute. Jordan Rhodes with his second of the season and that could be a huge three points for Sheffield Wednesday in their survival hopes. Bournemouth 1, Sheffield Wednesday 2. So Sheffield Wednesday at FC Bournemouth, Chappers has got the details. Absolutely and Sheffield Wednesday took advantage of Bournemouth's shocking form as they pulled off a 2-1 away victory at the Vitality Stadium to make it two wins from two for Wednesday against the Cherries this season. 
Cows had a good few chances before taking the lead as Elias Kachunga failed to finish a flowing Wednesday move and Barry Bannon forced a fingertip save from Asmir Begovic from outside of the box. However, Wednesday caused defensive problems for the Cherries when they pressed high from Begovic passing out from the back. Jack Stacey with a back pass he'll never want to see again, which ended up playing Callum Patterson through on goal. A very tame poke past the goalkeeper was all it needed, though, and the Owls were in front on the stroke of half-time as Asmir Begovic could do nothing but fall over the ball and pre not prevent it from going in the goal. Just after the hour mark, Wednesday gifted the host away back into the tie. Sam Hutchinson found himself the wrong side of his, his Sam counterpart, Sam Surridge, who was chasing the ball over the top and he hacked him down in the area. Junior Stanislas stepped up and smashed past Kieran Westwood to draw the game level. But the Owls weren't finished. In the 90th minute, Wednesday broke and thanks to some absolutely awful Bournemouth defending, Kadeem Harris was allowed to pick a perfect cross and Jordan Rose powered ahead of home from close range. 2-1 it finished and here is what interim boss Neil Thompson had to say. Uh, just delighted, delighted for the players because they put a right shift in and we thought first half if we played aggressively and positively we could get at them. Um, they've had a bad, bad little run themselves so they're a little bit, you know, we thought we could just cause them a few problems and I thought we did and we should have been probably more than the one goal up at half time. And then second half we had to dig in because they've got quality players, you see that all over the pitch. Uh, and they had a bit of pressure. Uh, unfortunately, we conceded one, but then to show the character to come back right at the end, you know, Cads has not been in the team, and for him to come on and put a great ball into the box and Rosie at the far stick, you know, delighted. But yeah, tough gig, but the journey back will be um, will be a lot nicer now. Neil Thompson there talking after his side's 2-1 away victory against Bournemouth. And Connor, what were your thoughts on that performance? Well, I thought it was absolutely brilliant, to be honest. I think... Right from the start, we had a game plan. The players executed it absolutely perfectly. And, you know, after the first couple of games under Neil Thompson, the Derby and Middlesbrough game, we obviously won them both. And I was kind of a, a bit cautious to get too optimistic and maybe put too much of that down to Thompson himself because I think we're the right end of some poor opposition finishing. But this game is the one where I really have to give Neil Thompson loads of credit for how he set the team up and obviously the players for carrying out that game plan. I thought it was absolutely spot on, to be fair. And I think we took what we did against Bournemouth at home, which was a similar sort of game plan, I think. We pressed them high, like you said, Chappers, in your summary. Uh, we stopped them playing, we disrupted them and they couldn't really find those passes into key areas. And um, that's... I think it was a similar sort of game plan to how we played against Bournemouth last time and the players were absolutely brilliant in in pulling it off and really stopping them playing because I think you look at the quality that they've got David Brooks, Dan Juma Jack Wilshire in the first half Lewis Cook, I mean these are a lot of these could easily play Premier League football and I think Bournemouth as, we, as the hierarchy agree after sacking Jason Tindall today uh, agree that they should be doing better than they are. Um, but credit to us because we stopped them playing those key balls into dangerous areas. The, the front three of Kachunga, Reach, Patterson really did a good job. Patterson tended to press the two centre-backs and then you had Kachunga and Reach sort of coming just behind him, but stopping those central balls into the lights of Lewis Cook and Jack Wilshire, forcing Bournemouth wide and then really sort of collapsing round Bournemouth and putting a lot of pressure on, making sure that we had um, 
extra numbers in those wide areas so that he couldn't, couldn't play through us. And a lot of the times it ended with Bournemouth either putting it out of play or trying a long ball, which is testament to how we set up because we hardly let them play through us at all. But any point during the game, I think really when we looked under pressure was in the second half and probably the you know as they were getting back into it and just after they scored as well. They were ca- catching us out with long balls over the top, which was a little bit of a disappointment that we were looking vulnerable from those areas. And obviously that's how Hutchinson gave the penalty away. But in terms of stopping Bournemouth playing through us, when you look at the likes of uh, Brooks and, and Wilshire, like I said, it was a brilliant effort to stop those guys really having a sniff. I mean, in the first half, the only real, real opportunities that Bournemouth created was when they worked the ball wide into David Brooks and he cut inside onto his left foot. He had a couple of pot shots. He had a couple of moments where he could have played a good pass through. Those were the only times in, in that first half where we looked under pressure. And it's partly down to how bad Bournemouth were and the fact that they, they weren't set up right under Jason Tindall. But fair play to, to our players because that game plan, like I've said, executed spot on. And uh, obviously, I think uh, Wednesday, previous, Wednesday previously probably would have capitulated after conceding that equalising goal, maybe gone on to lose the game. And that's certainly been a problem that throwing points away and 1-0 lead becomes a 1-1 game. And then, you know, you're usually conceding the third goal in those sorts of games. That's what we've seen over the past year and a bit with Wednesday. But big moments and Kadeem Harris has produced a big a, a moment of quality in a big moment in a game. And that's not happened enough for us this season, really. It's the cross into the back post for Jordan Rhodes and that's something that we've we've needed you know that little spark that little moment of of quality that can win you the game and and we've produced that at a key moment that's that's snatched it away from Bournemouth so i think that's would i call it the best performance of the season I'm, i i probably would to be fair i think it was absolutely brilliant now one of the things we've not really associated with wednesday in this season and probably last season at points too is you know when they have conceded an equalising goal coming back picking themselves up and going to get a winner and that ability to bounce back and and go and get that that winning goal at the end you know must be something that pleases you and something you hope they can carry on doing when they find themselves in situations like that in the future. Yeah, I think if I think back to our wins this season, I'm just thinking back to the the first one which was Cardiff that was two nil, the Birmingham game was a one nil. Uh, the Bournemouth game a one nil as well. These and the Middlesbrough two one. We were two nil up before letting one in. I think that's actually the first time that we've done that. Like you say, conceded an equalising goal and then gone on to score again to retake the lead. And we've not. We've only scored one equalising goal all season. We've not picked up any points from losing positions, so that has to change. But it's it's all kind of linked to the same sort of thing, that ability to bounce back in a game and not crumble when you're coming under pressure from a good team and actually getting back on the front foot, producing that moment of quality and getting that winning goal, which which was pleasing because we it, 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 it came against the run of play, to be fair. That's when Bournemouth were getting on top and you thought there's probably only one way this is going. I think we looked a bit rattled, um, but Jordan Rhodes off the bench to head it in. I've given Harris a lot of credit, but I think Rhodes deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that goal as well. And we we are still in kind of managerial limbo in terms of Sheffield Wednesday and, and their status as a as a club. 
Neil Thompson has done an excellent job. There's no denying that. Picked up a lot of points recently and no more so than last night. An excellent three points against Bournemouth. Do you reckon, two-part question, A, he could be the right man for the job and B, do you think he will get given that permanent manager's position? I think with every passing game, Coventry aside, it's becoming harder and harder to argue against Neil Thompson getting at least till the end of the season now. He's been... You know, like I said to you before, that I was cautious after the first two wins for, for reasons that I said. Uh, but to an extent, I mean, the, the game against Preston, I thought we were set up really well defensively and we were really solid and we looked difficult to break down. And you've got to put a lot of that down to Neil Thompson as well, I think. And against Bournemouth, it's it was just such a well-executed game plan that I am now starting to think that giving Thompson... The job till the end of the season, seeing how he does, would probably be the best way forward because certainly our form in the league at the minute isn't broke. And uh, you, you could say, if it's not broke, why fix it? So, yeah, every every passing game is is becoming, it, it looks more and more likely like Thompson's going to get it till the end of the season. And he he's obviously well respected at the club. He's got an instant, he's made an instant impact in terms of results and you probably would urge a bit of caution in getting too carried away with caretaker managers because how often do we see a caretaker come in? They have that sort of galvanising effect on a team, which Thompson, you know, he's, seems like a likeable character. He's, he knows the players inside out because he's been at the club since 2011. There's not many of the, I think it's only Liam Palmer that's been there since then. So he's, a, he's an old stalwart in some ways. He's definitely not a, a fresh new face, but um, he's doing very well. He's, he's turned us from a team that just looked like we were sleepwalking towards relegation and obviously letting the opponents get on top of us and sort of waiting to concede in games like we, we looked under Pulis. And he's now taken us to a place where, yeah, we'll, we'll probably have a few off days between now and the end of the season, but there is a an attacking intent to go after teams like we did against Bournemouth, win the ball high up the pitch. And... Yeah, we've not got the most quality in the league, that's fair to say, but um, we're getting we're getting good results at the minute. So I think it's difficult now. And I know probably not that long ago, I was saying, well, we should get Paul Cook in, but with the schedule of games, you know, a week's a long time in football, two weeks is a long time this season. So I, I think it's very difficult to justify changing things at the minute. But the danger is we, we could lose our next four. <laughs> that's That's... That's why it is a difficult decision, I think. And finally, Wednesday, you know, there's no bones about it. Wednesday are still in a relegation battle um, after after the points deduction. Even when it was halved, you know, you still find yourself in the relegation places. You're now up to 22nd. Um, Rotherham do have two games in hand on you. You're three points from safety and Birmingham. You know, you've won four of your last five games, but it is worth saying as well that teams just above the relegation zone have picked up quite a few points recently. QPR have won three of the last four. Coventry have won two of the last three and drawn one. Sorry, two of the last five and drawn one. Uh, Forest, they've won three of the last five. So have Derby. You know, teams around you are picking up points as well. How do you see Wednesday's relegation battle going? Absolutely no idea. I wouldn't want to make be drawn on making any predictions. It's definitely the last two games have definitely given me a lot more hope. But like you said, Chappers, it's um, it, it reminds me a bit of last season when Wigan were picking up points, Barnsley were picking up points, Luton were picking up points. They were all improving, and it's the nature of the championship, really. It's 
obviously there's not really that much between each team. So re- results and form can fluctuate a lot more within a season. And that's why it's important to try not to get too down when you lose and try not to get too happy when you win. And uh, I think it's so hard to make a prediction because I did say after the Coventry game, I find it difficult to see three teams finishing above us. And I suppose because I think it's going to be tight anyway, that sort of prediction can change week on week. I, I think carry on as we're doing, we'll give ourselves a hell of a chance, put it that way. And we'll obviously need to hope that someone like Birmingham or Derby, you know, the Derby's form doesn't carry on under Rooney or Forest go back to how they were. We, we'll probably have to hope for some for something like that to happen, but we've just got to give ourselves the best chance we can, I think. And Certainly with the way it's going, after a disappointing deadline day, it seems to have rejuvenated the fans a little bit. And yeah, we're, we're all behind the players and Neil Thompson, support the team, not the regime, I think is the, the slogan that's been uh, banded around and I'm certainly behind that. So um, I, it's, it's going to be tight. I'm going to sit on the fence with that one. Well, uh, one thing that you're not going to be sitting on the fence is uh, is predictions, but you don't have to make any just yet. That comes in a little bit, but we should just say it's wet the first time all season, thanks to Mike McCarthy for this one, uh, that Wednesday have scored in the last 15 minutes all season. So uh, goals have not been... Uh, have not come for Wednesday, shall we say, in the final quarter of an hour. But they did get one last night and it was the difference. And funny enough, it was... The, re- the result that cost Jason Tindall at Bournemouth his job. Jonathan Woodgate's in caretaker charge for now at the That'll Cherry. go well. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's last night's action and our attention is going to move a few days ahead as we look ahead to, uh, to the weekend's action and another away day for Wednesday, but not as far as the South Coast. They've only got to go to South London this time. It's the previews and it's next. Joseph, Josh and Connor. This is Football Forum, only on Shoe Radio. You're with Football Forum for the Sheffield Wednesday midweek review. Thank you for your company. So as we say, Millwall is the next port of call for Wednesday, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock kickoff. And realistically, Connor, as you were saying only uh, a minute or two ago, keep doing what you're doing and uh, hopefully another three points. That's it. Keep on doing as we're doing. I don't really see much of a reason to change the team at the minute. Um, I'm not someone that believes that you never change a winning team. I always think there's elements of your game that you can improve. But I think at the minute, Thompson definitely in the last two games seems to have found that sort of winning formula and just carry it on. I think the back three are looking comfortable in a back three. Sam Hutchinson had a very good game last night, apart from the recklessness of that penalty, which is, I think that just sums Sam Hutchinson up. You're going to, you know, you're probably going to get a decent performance from him and he's got certain qualities that he'll add, but key moments in games, there are certainly, there is certainly moments where he just lets you down and it can cost you points. Thankfully, Jordan Rhodes and Kadeem Harris bailed him out last night, but I've kind of gone away from the point there, but yeah, carry on as we're doing. I think it's going to be a, a much you know, it's going to be a way, way sort of different game to what it was last night against Bournemouth. That's, you know, they're a team who tried to play out from the back a little bit more there. They've got a lot of technical quality and it was about trying to disrupt that sort of game. Millwall, 
have sort of changed to a more possession-based style under Gary Rowett under in the last in the last year or so, but it's still certainly not the style that Bournemouth play. And you know, the, the first goal, and I know it, it was a ridiculous goal because it, it involved mistakes, a mistake from Asmir Begovic, but the mistake from Chris Meppham was obviously partly down to Chris Meppham, but partly down to the way we pressed. But I'm not sure I see Millwall making those same kind of errors. It's going to be a more attritional game. I think they're probably going to be more direct than Bournemouth were. I think that's that's not pretty obvious, to be fair. But Millwall are built on solid foundations. They don't concede many. They don't score many. Their last three games they've drawn. They've drawn the most, most games in the league, 14 draws. Um and there's not going to be many goals. I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting a, a classic. Put it that way. I think it's certainly going to be more similar to the Preston game than it was against Bournemouth. Against Preston, we obviously did enough to win, but we struggled to create chances from open play. And I think that'll probably be the case against um, Millwall on Saturday. But I also think that they'll struggle to break us down. And I think that we'll be solid, well organised. I'm not too worried about Millwall going forward. Uh, I know I know they've got some quality players, there's no doubt about that. Um, Jed Wallace is, is certainly one of those and I'm looking at the on who scored now and from the game last night against Norwich, they played a 3-5-2 and Jed Wallace actually played up front. So uh, I think if you stop Jed Wallace, really you take a lot of, you take most of Millwall's goal threat out. So if we can get on top of him, I think we'll be able to keep a clean sheet and I'd, I do think we'll 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 get a nil nil here. I think that's probably as me- I think that's a pretty measured prediction, and uh, I don't see there being many goals on it. I don't see there being many clear cut chances. I think this will be a sort of typical championship game. Well, we shall see. Connor has gone for a nil nil, and we come to score predictions in a minute or two. Uh, this is a Millwall side, as Connor was saying, that uh, drew nil nil with Norwich last night. Um, but they have looked in a bit of shaky form recently. Only got uh, two wins, I think I'm right in saying, since, how far do you go back, since the start of November? Well, in, in November, they had a, a run of games. They drew five games in a row. Correct. <laughs> I was just looking at their record and there's just so many Ds in there. which is And they, they've drawn the last three as well in, yeah. in the Championship, which is, you know, typical Millwall, isn't it, really? Millwall have drawn 14 times this season. That's yeah, more than he... any other team. <laughs> so, By uh, three. Can... Three more than any other team. We can see where Connor's getting his nil-nil prediction from. And funny enough, it was a nil-nil when you played them uh, back at, uh, the first weekend in November. And speaking of Millwall, we'll get some uh, some viewpoint from the opposition uh, ahead of this weekend. Now, Nick Hart is, uh, is in charge of Actung Millwall, uh, apparently the number one Millwall podcast. And uh, that's Danger Millwall for those that don't speak German. And uh, we caught up with him to uh, to get his viewpoint ahead of this clash. I think every game this season for Mill has been a tight affair. I can't remember the last time we put the opposition to the sword at the den. Um, and I'm not sure it's going to arise this season in the absence of the crowd, the mythical crowd, the the crowd that we uh, that we yearn for back at back at uh, Zampa Road. Um, I think in the absence of, of a full house, they're always going to be tight affairs. I expect us to be tightly organised in defence. I'm thinking that we'll probably see George Evans in defence, our new signing from Derby. Um, that should solidify us up even more across midfield and defence. 
So I'm going to expect a goal-scoring fest of another draw. Because I think Sheffield Wednesday need the points, but may not have the weaponry to, to get the goals that you probably need. So I'm going to expect a goal glut 1-1, one, one, which is a goal-scoring glut by Mills down to this season. Now you're unbeaten in four so far this season, but you've only won one of those. And uh, by far you've drawn the most games in the championship this season. What do you put that down to? Um, the team, in all honesty, is in a transition period. Um, Neil Harris left us last year, but his, his legacy lives on in the style of squad and the way it was geared up towards a, a classically Millwall 4-4-2, get the ball down there, get after him, get at it in front of a rabid den crowd. It's a certain um, style that, that some would argue looks a little bit uh, old-fashioned in the modern game. Um, I, I love it. I was brought up on it. So what do I know? I mean, I, it is what Mill is. Unfortunately, the modern possession-based style can find it out. And particularly towards the end of Neil's reign, we were getting found out quite regularly. It's it's probably a great style to get you up and out of League One in, in amongst um, exciting scenes at the den, but it probably won't hold your own and push you towards the upper... Uh, positions of the championship, which is increasingly a money league, isn't it? Um, so Gary Rowick came in in October. Obviously, we've had the COVID break, which has kind of stretched out this process somewhat. But he's in the process of changing away from that to what many would call a more modern style, not one historically that we've been used to at the Den, of possession-based um, look, possession-based soak up the pressure, get your defence right, Look for the one or two chances that you can create going forwards. That does require clinical finishing, which has been a problem for us. Uh, Clinical finishing tends to cost money. And as much as we love our beloved Lions, we are one of the smaller clubs in the league, both in terms of, um, or certainly in terms of budget, and also in in terms of crowd size. So, you know, that that comes home to roost at a certain point. Um, But there we are. I think it's a, a question of quality up front and sometimes the midfield um, to create in terms of creation of chances that's let us down so far this season. So on to score predictions then for Sheffield Wednesday at Millwall, as we say. Uh, Millwall are, where are they actually? Hold on. Um, 14th. They are 14th, right. Um, Millwall in 14th. Sheffield Wednesday, as Chappers was saying earlier on in his summary, 22nd now, only three points from safety. And you've got a game in hand, remember? So uh, it could it could be the weekend where Sheffield Wednesday get themselves out of the bottom three for the first time all season, I think I'm right in saying. Incorrect. No? No, we were out of the bottom three after after beating Derby on right, New, fair Year's enough. New Year's Day. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Millwall in 14th, Wednesday in 22nd. It is on iFollow, 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, 10 quid if you want to watch it. Connor has gone nil-nil. I am going to go 1-1 one, one primarily. I'm going to back the logic of there's been that many draws. I think there will be that many draws. So 1-1 one, one for me, Chappers. Yeah, it's going to be a horrendous one, isn't it? Uh, Millwall don't score a great deal of goals, neither to Wednesday. Um, I actually think Wednesday are probably going to nick it. So I'm going to go 1-0 one, Wednesday. 1-0 one, Wednesday for Chappers. Right, fair enough. And... Um, we will uh, we've got more predictions for you in just a second because now there's a lot of football going on in the next few weeks 
Uh, you'll have weird weekend and midweek reviews uh, and way too many of them. That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I, I honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. 2-1 defeat away at the Figgin. Connor, uh, Figgin, Figgin. Figgin. <laughs> I don't know. Where did that come I'm from? Tight. The biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. All right. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness me. So <laughs> Josh Chapman. Oh, wow. It was awful. Connor Thorpe. It was a, an absolutely massive win. Cardinal Reddiff. <laughs> <laughs> Card- wow. Cardin already. I can't believe I've just said. <laughs> we are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. Thursdays from 5.15. Only on Shoe Radio. Yes, Football Forum back on... Uh, oh, I, I think it's it's Monday. Uh, the Sunday. Week, Sunday. Monday. One of the two that will bring you United and Wednesday. Obviously, the United one will also be out uh uh, very shortly on your usual podcast provider, but Sunday and Monday, um, one of those two for uh, for the weekend action uh, that we've got coming up, and uh, we'll continue with unpredictable. And uh, just before we crack on, let's have a look at how we did for uh, for last weekend. Now we can't completely give you the final results because one game got postponed last night, and one has been rearranged for tonight. And quite a few of them are happening tonight. So from the ones that we know from last night, currently, you two have both got two points and I've got no. Excellent. So it doesn't really make a difference, um, but I will give you a full rundown of the scores on uh, on the weekend reviews. Chappers, you got 112. I've got 136. And Connor is 20 points in front on 156. As we go into round number 21, for uh, this weekend's action. Three are on this Wednesday review. You'll have to listen to the United review, uh, Owls fans, for the other three. And they concern Wednesday and United and around their area. So in that theme, Wickham Wanderers, bottom of the championship, 24th position. They're welcoming Nottingham Forest that have uh, sort of been out of form themselves in 19th position. I follow three o'clock on Saturday, as you would expect. Um Chappers first. Yeah, tight cage you on this. Um, Wickham at home, you always, well, you can't really rule them out. Um, Forest, whilst they have been better recently and they have picked up a few wins, they have had a really poor season. Uh, I'm going to go 1 1 in this one. 1 1 for Chappers. Um, Connor, we'll come to you next. Yeah, it's a tough one. And I'm not sure who I, from a Wednesday point of view, I'm not sure who I actually want to win this game because you want to keep Wickham below. I think I want Wickham to win because I, I don't think they'll catch us up and I'd like Forrest to be drawn into it. But then again, I don't think Forrest will go down. So who knows? I, let's say a draw. But I think Wickham might just edge this one, you know. Um, I th- yeah, I know Forrest have, Forrest have got a lot more quality, but they've they've really lack consistency. I know Wickham have as well. Um, I just see them nicking it. Probably just a bit of a gut instinct on this. I think, like I say to you when I do these predictions, sometimes I'll give you a bit of form and a bit of a reason why, a logical reason. This one, I think, is just gut instinct. It's just a game I can see Wickham uh, winning. Winning. (laughs) No, they must have been weeing after the uh, the 7-2 defeat to Brentford last weekend. So a 1-0 Wickham victory for Connor. Uh, 1-1 for Chappers, and I'm going for a 1-2. I see Forrest taking victory in this one. 2-1 victory for them against Coventry uh, 
on Saturday. So uh, they're in good form, and obviously Wickham, uh, after that 7-2, they'll want to right a few wrongs. Don't think it will be that case, though. It's uh, so a 2-1 Forest for me. Finally, uh, Bournemouth, speaking of them, after that uh, 2-1 defeat hosting the Owls last night, they have got another home game, and they welcome Birmingham City uh, to the Vitality. Bournemouth in sixth, Birmingham in 21st. Uh, it is three o'clock on iFollow once again. You'd be thinking, well, why is this one in? That's primarily because, obviously, Birmingham are that team that are holding Wednesday in the uh, the relegation zone. In all honesty, Bournemouth, with their horrendous run of form, have Birmingham got a chance to nick this one, Connor? I think they've certainly got a chance in, in this game. Um, if you, obviously the league table tells you one thing, if you look at the away table, uh, Birmingham are in eighth. It's absolutely ridiculous, really. Their away record is is genuinely very good. Bournemouth's home record is the sixth best in the league. So. If, I mean, I don't understand why it, it changes so much. Like, why does it make a difference when there's no fans? I don't. Maybe we'll have to get a sports psychologist on to tell us why, because I just don't get it. But it's it's the same for a lot of teams. But Birmingham's away record under Karanka is is very good. They've won four, uh, they've drawn seven, and they've only lost two away games, which is actually the joint least in the league. Um, they're on the road, they're, they're pretty good defensively as well. They are, they've conceded eight goals, which is the lowest in the league. Bournemouth are in a, on a dire run of form. I know they've just sacked Tyndall, so is it going to be the, the typical sort of um, new manager bounce? But I, I, I can't really see Jonathan Woodgate making that much of an impact as a caretaker manager. I think he was awful at Middlesbrough. He certainly didn't have a good start to his Middlesbrough tenure. So um, I don't fancy him to quickly turn things around there. I think they'll obviously make an appointment as, as quick as they can. They're not going to permanently appoint Jonathan Woodgate, I, th- I don't think anyway. But um, I think this will be a nil-nil. Um, I think Birmingham will be solid. Bournemouth will have most of the ball. They'll try and break uh, Birmingham down. But I think they'll struggle just like they did last night. I'm not sure Birmingham will come up with a goal. But um, yeah, I've got, I'm going to go for nil-nil. Nil-nil for Connor. Uh, should just obviously Birmingham did draw nil-nil at Wickham in the other game last night. Um, I'm going to go three-nil Bournemouth. I know the table doesn't tell the full story, but Bournemouth have to turn their form around at some point, and I think it'll be this game. So a three-nil victory to the Cherries for me, Chappers. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go something similar. Um, and whilst Connor has said about he don't think new manager bounce might not come into play here. Um, I think it probably will. You always get some kind of new manager bounce and I think Bournemouth will, I don't know, maybe play with the shackles off a little bit as we know Bournemouth can. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Bournemouth in this one. 2-0 for Chappers and uh, that is about that. Uh, That is your lot from Football Forum for this Sheffield Wednesday midweek review. Obviously, the United midweek review will also be dropping into your podcast platform very shortly so you can uh, have a listen to that one if you like Owls fans and we are back on Monday uh, to bring you all the action from S6 or rather South London as uh, as Millwall host Sheffield Wednesday and we'll have all the latest gossip regarding S6 so from me Chappell and Connor and all the team around Football Fun thanks for joining us for the Sheffield Wednesday midweek review take care good night Shoe Radio.
bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum. 